Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. This episode is brought to you in part by the I Love Old Time Radio Patreon page. As a Patreon member, you'll help me continue to bring all these great Golden Age shows, upgrade our equipment, keep the website going, and more. Plans start at just $2 a month, but if you pledge $6 or more, you get access to the Vintage Radio Podcast, a look at series that were an hour or more that include Lux Radio Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and the Mercury Theater on the air, just to name a few. This week on the Vintage Radio Club, two autograph collectors in Hollywood are out to meet the stars. It's from the MGM Theater of the Air, and it's called The Youngest Profession. To listen, join our Patreon page at vintage.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Monday's Crime Does Not Pay on The Shadow. This episode originally aired on October 19th, 1941, and it is called The Hoodoo Ship. years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and powerful secret. 
The secret of hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot sleep. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Hoodoo Ship. The place, aboard the slave ship Raven, flying between Africa and America. Mr. Carway, what is it now? What preparation do you want? That ship, sir. What ship? The ship, sir, that has been following us since yesterday noon. Now, the first major pylon law canvas will outrun us. Every piece of canvas we have is in use, sir. If we're caught with our cargo. We'll not be caught with our cargo. But the ship's a man of war and she's fast for taking it. We'll not be caught with our cargo, mister. What do you mean? I mean we're dumping those slaves overboard. But they'll drown without a trace. The man of war may catch us, mister, but he'll never be able to prove we carry slaves. Well, why are you standing there, Kate George? You heard my orders. Over the side with a lot of them. When the man of war comes to thwart us and asks our cargo, tell them we don't carry one. That we're just traveling for our health. Like they say. You two have been so quiet, I was just making with the conversation. Like they say. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, I would like very much to be a sailor. Sailing on a briny deep and, and batting down the hatches and, and stuff. <laughs> well, really, I don't think you'd like that ship. Why not? I am thinking to myself, that ship is beautiful. In a repulsive sort of way. Yes, certainly is. Really, that ship once carried slaves. From Africa to America. Is that so? Well, you can't blame the ship, you can't blame. No. But the taint of the men who indulged in that business still seems to stick to her. Well, that's quite understandable. What do you mean, Mr. Cranston? That ship is haunted. Oh, well, I... You mean it's got ghosts, Mr. Cranston? What were you driving? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I thought for a minute you said the ship was haunted. She did. <laughs> Ladies, you're too excitable. Yes, ma'am. I'll keep reminding myself of that, I'll keep. 
Well, after all, it may be only a peculiar combination of circumstances. Come on, don't you believe what Mr. Carew told us? That the captain was found dead in the cabin? With the door locked on the inside? Margot, the captain may have died from natural causes. There were no marks of violence on his body, and as he was buried at sea... Well, what about the wailing noises that were heard the night he died? What about that awful smell aboard ship? An odor of death? Was all that just coincidence? Yeah, how about that, Mr. Cranston? Coincidence? Well... It seems likely, but... What about all the trouble Mr. Crew had with the men being afraid to sail the ship again? Do you think you could scare all those men with a peculiar combination of circumstances? No, that's very true. Well, you've convinced me, Margot. Well... Convince me that I ought to accept Mr. Crew's offer to sail with him aboard the Raven. Sail? But Lamar will have to start shopping like mad for cruise calls. Uh, Margot... Let me see. Margot... Hmm? You didn't hear me correctly. Mr. Carew asked me to sail with him. Just me. Oh, Lamont, you wouldn't... Margot, that's final. This is one time you're not going along. Well, Lamont, needless to say, I'm glad that you've decided to come along this trip. All right, there you Honey, but I've got a strange feeling about this particular voyage. A feeling that I may not come back alive. Oh, no, Carew. Sailing with the tide in about 20 minutes. Good. Uh, Captain Flanagan, this is our one and only passenger, Lamont Cranston. How do you do? Well, how do you do, sir? So you're the gentleman who's going to ferret out our spook, eh? Oh. You know the ghost legend? Captain Flanagan knows all about it. Mr. Cranston, I am not a superstitious man. I've examined my cabin where this so-called murder took place from stem to stern. And can't find a hiding place big enough even for a ghost. If a spook is going to clamber down that porthole tonight, I'll welcome him with open arms and buy him a spot of rum. He'll deserve it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gentlemen, I'm more worried about my crew than I am of any ghost. Never in all my years at sea have I seen a meaner or uglier bench of men. Well, they were the only men we could get, Captain. They were the superstitious about a hoodoo ship. Hey, Captain, look along. That man's going to fall off the rigging. Oh. oh, don't worry about it. Even with one leg, he's more agile than the rest. Yes. That wooden leg of his doesn't seem to hinder him at all. That's Ross, the boat, Captain. And he's the ugliest of an ugly lot. Well, he's a good man. I don't know how I'd ever have a crew for you if he hadn't persuaded the men to sign on for another voyage. I hear you. Boston, come here. Aye, aye, sir. Uh, Ron, this is our new skipper, Captain Flanagan. Welcome, sir. Welcome to the good ship, Raven. Haven't I met you someplace before, Mr. Rock? How could I hear a call, sir? You look familiar to me. Not perhaps I'm mistaken. Yes, sir. Is that tobacco you're chewing, Mr. Rock? That it is, sir. I won't have any chewing or smoking while you're on duty. Yes, sir. Over the side it goes, sir. Good. Uh, Mr. Rock, I have been informed that discipline aboard the ship has been very lax. Oh, I'll not tolerate that. As soon as we're out to sea, I want to talk to the entire crew. I'll see that they're assembled on deck, sir. Good. Now, back to your work, Mr. Rock. Aye, aye, sir. Don't you think you're being a little hard on him, Captain? Mr. Carew, I hope you won't mind my telling you this, but I'm the captain of this ship. You're the owner. But once we're out to sea, this ship is my responsibility. No offense, Captain. I quite understand. Uh, Captain Flanagan, for a moment you thought you recognized Rock. Yes. Who did you think he was? A man who used to work for me some years back. When I 
I must have been mistaken. And now, gentlemen, will you do me the honor of dining in my cabin tonight? Perhaps the presence of three men who don't believe he exists will discourage our ghost. <laughs> Cranston, Mr. Carew, when we hit that typhoon, there weren't enough able-bodied men aboard her to bury the dead. Oh, yes, yes. Captain, you've been all right about seeing the dishes away, sir. Yeah, clearly, yes. Yes, sir. Well, you were saying, Captain, about the typhoon. Yes, that's a very interesting yarn, Captain. Well, for three days and three nights it blew. I lashed myself to the wheel with the waves breaking across the deck. Finally, the first mate relieved me, and I crawled into my cabin more dead than alive. I didn't care whether the ship sank or not. I've gone through that same thing, Captain. You mean last to the wheel? Oh, no. Seasickness. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Lamont, I'm afraid I have a touch of it myself right now. Oh, no, Carew. Yes, friend. So, if you'll both excuse me, I think I'll go out on deck for a little fresh air. Jeff, Jeff, what's the matter with you? You've broken all the dishes. What are you staring at? Yeah, the horn. They've come. I know that he's looking at that locker over there in the corner. Yeah. I see the jaw move. Oh. Yeah, that. There's something in there. Well, there's only one way to find out. Come out. Yes, Lamont. Margo. Uh, who is this woman? I'll explain, Captain. Margo, what do you think you're doing? A very bad job of stowing away, Lamont. But a very good job of being seasick. Oh! Margo! Margo! Here I am, Lamont. Oh. Feeling any better, Margo? Yes, a little, thanks. Well, you can go below now if you want to. Go to have my cabin. Crew and I are going to bunk together. Oh, thanks, Lamont. You're a dear. Wait till this voyage is over before you thank me, Margo. Things are brewing aboard this old ship. Things that may result in the death of any of us. You learned anything yet, Lamont? Not yet, Margo. But the shadow is going to Captain Carnegie's cabin tonight. Well, what can you gain by questioning Captain Carnegie? I'm not going to question him, Margo. Tonight, the shadow is going to be merely an observer. Because I think that an attempt will be made on the captain's life. And I'm going to prevent it, if I can. Who's there? Who's there? It's only me, Miss. Yes, sure. Who is? Frighten me, Miss. You pardon my saying so, Miss. Deck of this ship ain't no place for a young lady to be alone this time of night. Jenny, I think you're right, Jeff. This ship is haunted. What? I've got a feeling that something's going to happen tonight. Jeff, you don't believe in ghosts, do you? Maybe yes. Maybe no. But I don't like to see the death in the air tonight. Is that you over there? No. No, it's I, Margo. Where's Lamont? He didn't come back to the cabin. What? I don't know. What's the governor's way about? You know the said order? What? Yes. The order of death. The same order that turned into the ship when Captain Edison was killed on the last day. Yes, you go around to the. Oh, where is he? Who? Yes. I was just talking to him. Are you sure? Of course 
Holmes. He was right here a minute ago. I didn't see anyone talking to you when I came up. But he's right here, I know. <laughs> that wailing I heard, too, when Captain Rutherford was killed. That scream came from Captain Flanagan's cabin. Come on, hurry! In a moment, our curtain will rise on Act Two. Meantime, let's talk about how you and your family can keep warm from now until next May. Keep your home with blue coal. You know, it's a fact that with blue coal, which is the finest of Pennsylvania hard coal, you can enjoy comfortable, even warmth throughout your house. Let the cold winter winds blow. You'll be snug and completely free of heating care. One reason it's so easy to heat with blue coal is that it's delivered to your home in exactly the right size for your heating class. Another reason, and one you want to be sure to remember, is the new deluxe blue coal heat regulator. Every home should have one. It's as easy to operate as an electric light switch. It automatically opens and closes the dampers on your furnace and keeps every room at an even temperature. You can let the weatherman do his work. You're always comfortable. Ask for a free demonstration of the blue cold heat regulator in your own home. No obligation whatever. Get in touch with your reliable neighborhood blue coal dealer tomorrow. He's listed under the word blue coal in your classified phone directory. Remember the name. Blue Coal. Blue Coal is color marked for your protection with a harmless blue tint. And now, back to the shadows. He's dead. Captain Flanagan is dead. Oh, Mr. Carew. His face is so contorted. He must have suffered horribly. Oh, Lamont. I heard the scream and came running. What is it? Look for yourself, Cranston. Captain Flanagan is dead. The same way that Rutherford got it. Another mark on him. I think you're wrong, Guru. There's a slight scratch on his forehead. Let me see. So there is. How could a little scratch like that have caused his death? And where is the murder weapon? Mr. Carew. You've had plantations in the West Indies for many years. Haven't you ever heard of a native poison brewed from the roots of strange herbs called maonagua? It's known to cause instant death. I know. No, I don't know the poison. Why do you ask? Why? Because in some mysterious way, Captain Flanagan was murdered with that drug. You believe Mr. Carew committed the murder? Perhaps he has, Margo. But you were there when it happened. You must have seen how it was done. Margo, I was right in the cabin when it happened, but I might have been in New York for all the good it did me. The shadow went to Captain Flanagan's cabin last night. The door was locked and bolted, so I knocked. When he opened the door to see who it was, the shadow slipped into the cabin. Then he locked and bolted the door again. But before I could... Oh, 
Sounds like it's coming from that ventilator. And the whaling. Just as Carew said he... <laughs> then he screamed and fell to the floor of the cabin. I heard you and Carew coming toward the cabin, and when Carew forced the door, the shadow slipped out. And you didn't see how it happened? No, Margot. I saw it happen, but the whole thing had me completely baffled. Come in. Begging your pardon, miss, but Mr. Carew wants both you and Mr. Cranston, sir, to come up on the bridge. Did he say what for, us? There seems to be some trouble, sir. The men refuse to go on. It looks pretty serious.
the lock and bolt the door. There. Now there's nothing to do but wait. I can go to bed and wait. Huh? There. Who's there? Characteristic of our friend Carew. Really? What characteristic? 
He just doesn't like being buried at sea. Well, you can understand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> special feature of America at War. But first, we present John Barclay, Blue Coal's home heating expert. Mr. Barclay. Thank you, Ken Roberts, and good afternoon, friends. Perhaps I can emphasize the easy way to run a furnace if I point out today the things you should not do. Here's a list of the most important don'ts. Don't burn trash in the furnace. That's a sure way to get a dirty furnace, clinkers, and poor heat. Don't operate the furnace with the firebox only partly filled. A thin fire wastes fuel because the fire burns up too quickly. A deep fire bed actually conserves fuel, so keep your fire at all times at least level with the bottom of the coaling door. Don't shake grates roughly. You'll find that gentle shaking actually conserves fuel. So stop shaking when you see the first faint red glow in the ash pit. Follow these simple good firing rules and you'll get more satisfaction. And what's more important, more heat from the coal you burn. I thank you. The Shadow Program is based on a story copyrighted by Freedom Smith Publications. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Now is the time to put your money to work for your country. Buy defense bonds and stamps regularly every payday. Urge your friends to buy. Talk it up among your fellow employees. Many firms already are represented 100%. For example, every single employee of the DL&W Coal Company, producers of blue coal, has subscribed to buy defense bonds regularly. Let's show the axis that for nations as well as for men... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow goes. Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. And be sure to phone your neighborhood blue coal dealer for greater heating comfort at less cost. Remember, keep the home fires burning with blue coal. This story was produced by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. The execution of this crime had some similarities to that of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Speckled Band. Of course, a snake was not used in this case, but it reminded me of it nonetheless. It was good hearing Alan Reed return as Shrevey, and as many of you know, that Alan Reed was the voice behind Fred Flintstone. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. 
Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.